Welcome to the bunker. This is a special edition. I was trying to think of a cool name for it, like the bunker unplugged or the bunker in the, I don't know, <laughs> the, uh, in a deeper part of the bunker. I don't know. Um, either way, I have set up a, uh, a makeshift studio. in another part of the studio. So perhaps it could just be the bunker in another room of the bunker. <laughs> uh, but I, I, um, I recently set up a new desk and uh, a new working station in another part of the studio. It just feels more comfortable, more intimate, more Informal, I guess you could say. Um, and, I, and I really wanted to sort of uh, continue to do episodes of The Bunker, but, but also address some different, some different issues, some different things, but in a more informal way. You know, I, I, I wanted to keep... I wanted to keep doing more episodes, uh, producing more content, but I, I have to be honest. With the UAP report and the UAP task force, and you know the government getting in quote unquote involved now at this point, at this point, we know they've been involved for decades. It, it was it was sort of discouraging. It was not sort of discouraging. It was incredibly discouraging. It was it was incredibly disingenuous of them to to assume I apologize for the noises in the background as well because uh, um, it's just a nice night I have the windows open um, it was incredibly disingenuous of them to 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 speak to all of us the people of the world the American people citizens of the world that are interested in this sort of thing and, the, and, and, and citizens of the world that know that people, that governments, organizations, not just Blue Book, have been looking at this and been investigating this, have been talking to witnesses, have been shaking down people, have been in some cases threatening people for decades and decades. And I just, I wanted to move into this, you know, away from all of the podcast equipment and, and the soundboard and, and uh, you know, away from all the lights and, and, and into a more intimate, informal sort of setting, so I could just kind of riff and talk about stuff. Things that I see, you know, in my Twitter feed, for example. News clips. Yeah, and just, and just kind of talk about it and just give my two cents for whatever that's worth. Um, one thing that, uh, oh boy. <laughs> Perhaps it was a bad idea to leave the window open. Um, <laughs> one thing that is taking place next month is the Mysteries of Space and Sky Conference in Maryland on November 13th. 
I'm planning on going to this. I, I really want to go. I want. I plan on going last year and the year before, and I think honestly, I think it was canceled last year because of COVID. But I, but the year before, I plan on going, and I just stuff just came up and I was unable to make it. But this year, I think I'm going to try and make this. Um, it's a pretty cool conference. It's got some good speakers. Uh, I know uh, the Colonel Charles Halt. Uh, from the uh, Rendlesham case is going to be there, and it's um, it's at an Elks Lodge, which is pretty cool, in Gambrillus, Maryland. Um, so there's some pretty cool speakers that are going to be there. Let me see if I can find the calendar of events. Hold on, let me see. Uh, wait. Yeah, I can see after missing a year because of COVID, Mysteries of Space and Sky, one of the longest-running UFO conferences in the country, returns. Yeah, so they did not happen last year. Uh, one of the most compelling cases in UFO history occurred in 1980 at American Air Force Base in England. They were excited to bring back the man who was the deputy base commander of RAF Bentwaters at the time, Colonel Charles Halt, who will review and update what really happened in that dark forest in December of 1980. Um, I would be interested to hear his take on it because I'm, I'm, I mean, I've seen clips, I've heard him speak about this and, and, um, and many of you have probably heard about this case and have seen details of it and are probably at least somewhat familiar with some of the details, but, uh, Colonel Halt was, was present when this, uh, you know, I think it was the second night or third night, it was, it, this thing repeatedly showed up and he at one point, you know, went out with some security police and ran out to chase this thing down and figure out what the heck it was. And, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of theories that this, oh, this was an extraterrestrial, this was a spacecraft, this was secret military technology. I've heard, you know, theories about there was a, like sort of a mass delusion experiment, which, like given what the CIA's had their hands in, I I'd put nothing past those people. I mean, based on what the CIA's done, I would not put past them that they would just take a giant some some sort of you know some way of administering LSD to like a miles radius, like I. I and, and they'll just sit back and just like, hey, let's see what happens. I, I, I honestly, I would not put anything past these people. So that's a theory. Um, but he was there, and he had a recorder in his hand, and he was recording what he was witnessing and what others were witnessing and what was unfolding in real time. And I'm sure some of you have heard those recordings, and they're very compelling uh, because you can, you know, you get a sense of his emotions and his confusion and his, you know, attempt at figuring out what the heck is going on in the moment. Uh, so I, w I would like to see him speak. So he's going to be there, which would be pretty cool. Also, let's see, many UFO sightings don't just happen. They're often fully investigated and arguably the most professional, comprehensive investigative agencies is Aerial Phenomena Investigations, headquartered right here in Maryland. We're happy to announce... The director of that organization, Mr. Paul Carr, excuse me, sorry, oh my god, 
uh, we're happy to announce the director of that organization, Mr. Paul Carr, will be returning to Mysteries and will bring us up to date regarding some of the more impressive UFO sightings being investigated. Let's see. Additionally, MUFON board member Rob Switek will present his popular annual event of recent events in ufology. MUFON always, you know, is in the mix to, to, to one degree or another, so that'll be interesting. Uh, backed by popular demand with his own update and a revised books to author Barry Copeland, who will discuss what the late famed ufologist Stan Friedman described as a sighting, which is in the top one-half of the top 1% of all UFO sightings. Many were unable to see Barry when he last appeared, and others asked to have him return. Barry has written several highly regarded non-UFO books, but his most recent UFO book describing his amazing sighting is Close Encounter at Smith Mountain Lake, Virginia. Additionally, we are pleased to announce that TV personalities Ben Moss and Tony Angiola will update their memorable presentation on what has been described by ufologist icon Don Berlinger as one of the most compelling UFO sighting events in history, the 1964 Socorro, New Mexico incident, which to me is one of the most legitimate sighting cases that that there is out there because not only did a reputable individual report this but there was physical evidence photographed and reported by investigators and I feel that Lonnie Zamora's actions after the event really speaks to his personality and his integrity and lends more credence to his testimony in my opinion and uh yeah, so that the Sakura incident is 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 uh, is up there. It's easily in my top ten most compelling sighting events. And I mean, we have to. I think a lot of real important details and facets of the phenomena get ignored because of one, because of celebrities, because of big events and big hoopla and release videos and buzz on the internet. And I feel that a lot of really important details and implications of those details are missed with with the current state of information and how that's distributed. The internet is a double-edged sword. Sometimes I think it's got four edges on it, but it's at least a double-edged sword in that, you know, Yes, it is this, at times, torrent of information, this, like, overflowing river of information just, like, coming over the banks and just, like, just barreling into everybody. Which is great because there's lots of information, but at the same time, it's horrible because it's so much information. And, you know, I think back in the day when you had handwritten reports and you had, you know, photocopies and word of mouth, information was a lot less insidious. It was a lot less... It, it didn't... It didn't spread so far so quickly. And But I think that's a good thing in a lot of ways because if you... if like To just point out one example of a, of a case that I worked on personally. Not the original case. There's something I followed up on. 
But on the Stonehenge incidents, the very first episode of this podcast was the uh, was the result of that trip up to North Bergen, New Jersey, which is uh, you know just a just about an hour up the road from me, where I live here in Mount Holly. But um, you know, I, I found some very strange things happened when 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 Beth and I went up to investigate that case, and. It was it was a special thing for me because it was. Yes, I learned about the the case on the internet. I I was not familiar with the Stonehenge incidents. I found all the information online, but what I was able to find online was the original case file. You know what I what I did is I just I took that case file and I read over it. And I read it. And I read it and read it over and over again, and I took notes. And there was even a. A couple of great maps that were hand, you know, hand drawn inside that were very detailed that, that that gave a great description of where the events took place and 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 uh, where George Obarski was when he saw the craft, when he saw the lights, when his radio went out, when you know he saw the beings. Like it was all laid out. And fortunately, I was able to drive up there and trace his path. But I did so based on the case report on a typewritten case report. And I had it in my hand, and I carried it with me. And I walked up and down, and and we drove up and down and back and forth, and I'm glad I had the, the typed report in my hand. Because that was a condensed, 100% autonomous piece of information. It was the report that they wrote based on the eyewitness testimony. And to me, that was a purer form than if I had hit 75 different websites all giving a piece of information and me kind of trying to puzzle piece everything together. I had the entire story. And I took that in my hand and I went up there and I walked around and I traced the witness's path and weird shit happened. A couple of really weird things happened. And I'm just thankful that I had that original chunk of information in my hand that I was able to look at. And for a couple of weeks before I drove up there, I was I was reading it and rereading it and taking notes and scribbling and crossing this out. And, you know, and it, and it gave me great respect for, for the different cases that, like the Stonehenge incidences and like the Socorro incident, where you have credible witnesses that are obviously emotionally affected by what they saw and where there is physical evidence of what took place. There was physical evidence. There were multiple eyewitnesses at the Stone Stonehenge incidents on multiple nights. And there was physical evidence left. These little scoop marks that uh, George Obarski reported made by these beings who had these little backpacks and shovels, which sounds like a, sounds ridiculous. It sounds like a, it was staged. It sounds like a, like it was a play, like it was put on for him, like a performance. Um, nevertheless, I mean, he, he brought investigators back to the spot. He brought his son back to the spot and they saw these scoop marks. And even over a year after this took place, grass, would not grow in these scoop marks. Now, I you know, I don't know what that suggests, but it suggests to me that something happened there and it corroborates his story and it's super weird. 
And yes, I did walk up and down and back and forth across that baseball field and up and down that street looking for little little spots where grass was growing. I didn't see it, um, but you know, that was reported that uh, over a year after this took place, that there, the scoop marks were still visible because you know, through rain and, and erosion and stuff like that, the holes filled in, but grass didn't grow in these spots where these holes were dug. So I'm like, what is that? So there's a lot of parallels between the Stonehenge incidences and the, the Stonehenge, Stonehenge incident and the uh, Socorro incident because because there was physical evidence. There were burned shrubs at Socorro that Lonnie Zamora reported, you know, took place when this craft took off. And I mean, there was there was trace evidence that it, that what he was saying was legit. Pretty amazing case. Um, like I touched on earlier, I'm just I've been a little discouraged with. I don't want to say discouraged with the paranormal, but just discouraged with the UFO situation as of late. And uh, you know, I, I was I'm just sitting here. I'm scrolling through Twitter right now because I'm trying to find the post that I saw earlier that um, it's a supposedly that there is, you know, evidence that uh, the the government is setting up a an official task force. Like it's it's a done deal. Like it's uh <laughs> my Twitter feed's interesting. I, I have like I'm following some I mean I, I guess you would say mostly paranormal pages and, and and people and investigators and groups but many UFOs you know UFO researchers as well and and also spiritualists and psychics and mediums as well so it's an interesting mixture of of all of those things and you know several other researchers and I have you know we often have conversations about the fact that all of the phenomena should not be grouped into different camps and that psychics and UFOs and uh, you know paranormal investigators hauntings like all that stuff is is all connected it's all different parts of the same phenomena well I saw also the conjuring house is uh, up for sale for like 1.2 million or something I think um, I'm not gonna lie if I had Ten million dollars in the bank, I would buy it. Um, but uh, I'm American middle class, so I can't even fantasize about having that much money or even half that much money. So <laughs> I won't be, I won't be purchasing that. That's for sure. Uh, where the fuck is this post at? One thing I did, you know, I've been paying attention to is this controversy with. Uh, there's a paranormal group that is, you know, attempting to, you're going around to like mass shooting areas and attempting to speak to, to the quote unquote spirits of people that died in these mass shootings, like fairly recently. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people are commenting back and forth. And it's mostly negative. And I understand why, because like, the, you know, you know, a mass shooting event is something that Americans are terrified of all the time because it happens here all the time and 
The government isn't doing a damn thing about it. So it just keeps happening. And the government just keeps screwing over the middle class and lower class, you know, to, you know, and, and so people are just pissed and, and in dire straits and it's getting worse. And I mean, I, you know, I hate to say it, but it, this stuff is probably going to keep happening. And, and so this is something that's not a historical event. This isn't something like, Oh, you know, let's go to a world war two site or like whatever, like a horrible thing that happened during world war two. It's still horrible, but it, if it's, if it happened 50, 60, a hundred years ago, or something that happened 500 years ago, there's at least some separation between what happened in present day, and you don't have, you know, you don't have relatives of the victims, like, living down the street right now, you know. Uh, so it just comes off, it's just very tacky, and, and you know, I, I understand why the people are doing it, but I, I just don't approve. I, I don't approve at all, and I, I I think I know what they would say. Well, you know, we're we're here to talk to spirits. They're, you know, what happened was tragic, and we, you know, I I I can kind of hear the argument they would make, but when you're posting it online and relatives of those people, where these wounds, these events are like fresh and they're still grieving, and these people are still probably crying a lot all the time about this event that happened just not that long ago. And it just comes across as just callous and. It just doesn't seem right. And it, the number of important historical events that you can investigate, the, the number of people that they're experiencing hauntings in their home, the people that you could help, far outweighs the, like this stuff. Like, I, I just don't I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know why you'd want to do it. I, 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 would feel, I would feel very disrespectful and very tacky to agree to do this. Um, yeah, and and I just uh, I don't I don't understand the people that are doing it or why and and the, you know people are getting a lot of vitriol online and I I understand it. I totally agree with almost all of it. I mean it, it's just not cool. Anyway, enough about that. Um, I just went ahead and googled this UAP task force office. Yeah, the these rumors that uh, that there's officially going to be an office set up. Uh, I, I found this on interestingengineering.com. Um, the article is entitled, Congress is Secretly Plotting to Build a New UFO Office. Well, if I'm reading this in Interesting Engineering, my guess is it's not secret. Um, it's just my take on it. Yeah, call me crazy, but... Uh, I don't know. I saw this all over Twitter, and I just Googled it. And now I see it in a magazine article online. So not secret. Um, but let's see what what this uh, see what this article says here. Congress might step up its interest in UFOs, according to Department of Defense report made to the legislative branch over the summer that designates unidentified aerial phenomena. While it found no conclusive evidence of alien vehicles, there were two curious items in two intelligence appropriation bills that suggest Congress wants to build a new UFO office. I thought it was a UAP office. And significantly expand the reach of the Pentagon's UAP task force, according to an initial report from Inverse. So they're going to... So just giving them a desk is going to 
and expand the reach. Come on. <laughs> um, but this will probably examine so-called encounters under the assumption that UFOs are national security threats with earthly origins rather than evidence of alien technology. Well, even if you're punched in the stomach by a gray and dragged into a, a ship and have something shoved up your ass, um, that still isn't proof that there's anything from another planet. That's number one. Um, and I'm going to be like Biden and imply there's going to be a number two. And then I just, I don't have a number two. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> one of the proposed intelligence appropriation bills is called HR 4350. And it's titled the fiscal year 2022 national defense authorization act in the house of representatives. The other filed under S-2610 is dubbed the FY-22 Intelligence Authorization Act in the Senate. While it's exciting to learn that Congress is taking more interest in UFOs, this likely won't be a full-blown search for advanced aliens specifically. On paper, the bills seem more concerned with national security than otherworldly aliens with big, black, dread-inducing eyes. Interesting. The UAP task force presented an initial report to Congress that revealed 144 sightings by the military and other federal officials from 2004 to 2021. Uh, and again, my number one and first critique of that was, okay, what about from the 1500s uh, until 2004? At least the 1500s, probably earlier. Um, anyway, uh there was no substantial evidence pointing to the possibility of aliens, but the report did say that UAP clearly pose a safety, a, a, a flight issue, and may pose a challenge to U.S. national security, and emphasized that some of the futuristic physics-defying UFO capabilities may be the result of technologies deployed by... Ch oh, come on. China, Russia, another nation, or non-governmental entity. This is my second... It was my second problem with the report was that it implied, and not only that, but the, the, all the rhetoric that was, was being spouted before the report even came out by people in the news commenting on the report yet to come out was that it's a national security threat. It's, it's China, it's Russia. It's like, come on, you guys are already trying to create this narrative, you know, create a seemingly another cold war, uh, Certainly, I mean, with Russia is nothing new, but Nate, you've been ramping it up with China. And, uh, whoops. And, um, you know, now so you're going to use this UFO uh, situation to, to, uh, <laughs> like, try to push your Cold War agenda? Come on, man. There's no American planes being shot down by laser beams. There's no not any time recently, at least. There's planes disappearing under strange circumstances. There's no, you know, there's, there isn't a, a pilot showing up on the 6 o'clock news screaming that he was probed and his cows were torn apart. And, you know, it's, this threat narrative, like, I have a problem with because there's no evidence for it. If, 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 there's, if there's loads of evidence where there's, like, near misses or a plane is cra you know, crashes due to some weird sighting, then you've got me. Then you got something. But the, trying to push this threat, we're like, 
These things have been in the air long before we had anything in the air. Things were being sighted in the air I probably since the beginning of time, but I mean, at least since the 1500s. In America, since the 1600s. And in a big way, from the 1800s, mid-1800s on. And I, I can't think of a single incident where the United States military or any military went to war with UFOs. Like, it's just never happened. And the other problem I have with the report is that it just sort of forgets the first 70 years of UFOlogy and just goes, okay, okay, now we're going to pay attention. <laughs> you know, in 2004, we're going to start collecting data. Like, no, dude. There have been multiple organizations collecting data for decades, including uh, the Air Force, who, oddly enough, is very silent on this whole issue. There has not been one Air Force official come forward and make a statement to debunk something, to refute anything, even to give a blanket nothing burger statement. There's been nothing. They've literally said nothing. The only statements have been coming forward in these videos are supposedly from the Pentagon and the Navy. Why is the Air Force not saying a damn thing about any of this? They're the Air Force. <laughs> anyway, so, so the UP, UAP task force, is they getting a desk? And now, just watch out, man, because this shit's really hitting, it's kicking into high gear now. They're going to have a desk, probably that cool little desk lamp that Mulder had, maybe a fan on the side. <laughs> it's going to be sick. <laughs> They're going to, I mean, you know, who knows, maybe in the next budget, you know, I mean, depending on who gets in office, we'll have to see how it unfolds. But, I mean, do you think maybe they'll get, like one of those cool cork boards on the wall. They can put those little pins in it and attach them with different color string <laughs> to different sightings and stuff. Maybe a maybe a world map would be that'd be cool. You know, with lots of pins in it and colored string going from here to there. That would be pretty sick looking. But hey, I mean baby steps, right? We have to uh, we have to first get these folks a desk and uh, maybe a laptop and then. Oh, no, our government will probably give them a typewriter. They won't even get a laptop. They'll get one of those, one of those like hybrid typewriter word processors from like the early nineties. <laughs> you slap one of those like floppy disks inside of it, <laughs> and it has like that like two inch, not even a two inch like screen on it, and you can see like one or two sentences at a time. <laughs> I had one of those. I thought it was amazing at the time. Uh, anyway. It's just it's just funny how you know, they're gonna they're gonna have an office now. Oh boy! It's like come on, <laughs> how many trillions did you just spend um, in the past like two years, three years? <sighs> anyway, yeah, it goes on and gives some stats: one hundred forty-four sightings and blah 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 blah. <sighs> Again. You know, we're just going to forget about the thousands of sighting reports that were given to the Air Force, who, again, are strangely silent through all this. I mean, I don't know what's going on with the Air Force, but they're suddenly not interested in this 
Air Force issue that's supposedly a threat to national security that's taking place in the air. Um, I guess we're just going to let the Navy handle that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. Uh, also, I, th- I think I decided on a name for this uh, series of segments. It's going to be it's going to be the Bunker Inner Chambers series. That's what it's going to co- be called, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be more cathartic for me than anything. I, I hope uh, I hope you folks enjoy it, <laughs> and uh, it doesn't just annoy the shit out of you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, things are unfolding in other countries like they are here. So I'm sure, you know, you know, you folks in England and Australia and Ireland who are listening, I'm sure can relate to some of this. But uh, you may have, you know, hopefully a different take on it. So I'm always interested in hearing your your perspectives, uh, your critiques, uh, your individual situations in your individual areas. And, um, you know, if, uh, if you have a sighting report, you want to, you want to give me, if you have just an opinion, if, uh, you know, you just want to throw your two cents into just about one of the, uh, episodes of, of the bunker or something you'd like us to do an episode about, you can, I know, feel free to shoot us an episode uh, or yeah, shoot us an episode. Oh my God. Shoot us a, an email rather at, um, mail to the bunker m-a-i-l t-o-t-h-e b-u-n-k-e-r at gmail.com sorry I was a little dramatic um and yeah just let me know you know your perspective your thoughts whatever I'm interested to see how, you know what people you know with the boots on the ground with the people that are they're in the neighborhoods talking to each other looking at the sky what's going on uh, you know, and like I said in, in past episodes, if you haven't heard it before, I'm a, a paranormal investigator first. That's how I first got into this. I was always interested in UFOs and Bigfoot and ghosts and poltergeists and demons and all that kind of stuff. I was always interested in all the weird stuff, but um, and I really officially, professionally, quote-unquote, got my start investigating hauntings collecting evidence and doing that sort of thing and I still have a boatload of equipment and I still I still investigate here and there um, there's a couple private cases that recently we went out on and I think we helped those people out which is what it's all about and it's I mean I like catching evidence as much as the next person but that's fun you know we'll do fun investigations just for us just to practice our craft or test out a new piece of equipment and or whatever but you know at the end of the day, it's really, it's about helping people. And if, um, you know, also, you know, if there's anybody out there that needs help, feel free to shoot me an email, mail to the bunker at gmail.com. And I'll do my best to help you out or to locate someone who can help you if I'm, if I'm unable to. And, uh, yeah, there's some new things coming for the bunker. You're looking to do some some guest spots on other podcasts, which will be fun. And, uh, you know, I'll keep you all in the loop about what's coming and what's going on. Again, any suggestions, feel free to shoot me an email. 
And, uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody who has been, you know, following me on this crazy journey for doing so. And, uh, and, uh, look forward to some more and different content and some, you know, taking some different roads in the future. Uh, it's a crazy world out there. I hope everyone stays safe. That's another aspect of craziness that's going on right now. It's just everything with COVID and information and misinformation and mask mandates and all this crazy stuff that's going on. It, it's a mess. It's a mess. And I just hope everyone, hope everyone is well and stays safe. And, uh, you know, hopefully one of these days we get to shake hands and share a pint in person. That would be pretty cool. Again, this is the inner chambers. This isn't in the professional studio. This is a. I'm gonna have a decent mic in here, but uh, and a pop filter. But you know, I'm, this is bare bones back here in the inner chambers. All right. Yeah. So, like I was saying, just thanks to everyone who's you know, supporting the show and is following us, and look forward to uh, bringing you some different cool content down the road. We're going to be, uh, in the next uh, year or so, getting into some video content. So currently looking into that. Perhaps a YouTube page, perhaps... Oh, excuse me. Ooh, perhaps a Twitch stream or something. I don't know. We're not, not sure where we're going to go on that, go where we're going with that yet. But uh, we're definitely going to be breaking into uh, some, some video content in whatever form that ends up being. So thanks everyone for joining me in the inner chambers of the bunker. Slancha, cheers. Be safe and we'll see you soon.